Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. Um, what's you guys uh, Spotify wrapped? That's People are still talking about that, right? You guys uh, do that? I have, I have YouTube music. Okay. What was your YouTube music wrapped? <laughs> it tried to give me one and I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty accurate to my year. Alex, was what, uh, was it was it just uh, was it um, just like is it e- like the the Wiggles? Yeah, like ELO the whole time and Bachman Turner Overdrive that kind of stuff. Right. Like, why you got to make fun of me? We're not even a minute in. Because <laughs> I'm making fun of you. ELO is very good. I probably no, it's fine. I still buy songs off of iTunes. Whoa, so. mm-hmm. got to go down. <laughs> gotta go down to like a a, a a big like bazaar and ask mm-hmm. a guy to show you like into the back room okay cool yeah th- there's there's a there's a suitcase I, I don't know the combination the guy didn't show me but it has all the itunes gift cards in there the last of them yeah mm-hmm. okay man that's pretty cool guys um i travel i don't know if you were aware <laughs> of that I'm a, I'm a travel man sir. <laughs> man of the world over here <laughs> Uh, we're all feeling, uh, slightly under the weather. Um, I'm sick. Alex is sick. Um, <laughs> we all have cozy drinks. We all have cozy drinks and it's, uh, a real, real NPR. We're all, we're all wrapped up in our cardigans, uh, ready to We've, do crossword puzzles and talk about stuff. Uh, prep for this episode by talking quite a bit about Disney Channel original movies. Yes. Yeah. Watch this space. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, so it's going to be a very good. Probably what will happen is, much like the movie, we'll start off doing a lot of silliness, and then by the end, attempt to get very serious. But in a way that you go, I don't think any of this was really built to. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll disagree. Oh. Probably, probably not. <laughs> um, we are talking about D3, the Mighty Ducks. Correct. So, the, uh, so we're... So these movies, they are titled The Mighty Ducks, D2 The Mighty Ducks, and D3 The Mighty Ducks. Mm -hmm. It just... Like, I feel like at this point you need a subtitle. You need something to differentiate. I wish they had called the show D plus The Mighty Ducks. Like, I wish they had just... Yeah. That would be good. Just gone for it. D3, back on the ice. Yeah, you know, it's like something you'd want out of your 90s follow-up to a franchise that should not have gotten this far. Or better yet, D3, this one's set at a prep school. Yeah, yeah. You you could call it like, I don't know. Why isn't the second movie called... Dorms. Why isn't the second one called Ice Sequel? D2, the Ice Sequel? Because that would have been fun. And that movie is... The most serious thing you've ever seen. In <laughs> How, where's he going with this? <laughs> Alex, what's the uh, info? That that is that is a, a thing that we as, do on this podcast. I completely I, forgot for a second. There. As as a Disney Channel original character might say, what what's the stitch? <laughs> That's great because it's like two references. <laughs> I took I took a sip of my drink right as Tyler was saying that, and I I I just I, I want everyone to commend my discipline for not spitting anything out. D three, the Mighty Ducks from nineteen ninety six, 
has a 20% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. And I would like to repeat, number one and number two both have 21%. Although this has 15 reviews, so none of them have... These scores have a little bit of an asterisk next to them. Sure. Um, And a 45% audience score, Mm. which is a bit of a a decline from the last couple. Yeah, interesting. Um, And also, it was directed by Robert Lieberman. Oh, of of the Rhode Island Liebermans? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, we used to summer together at Holiday House. Oh, Bobby Liebs. Bobby Liebs. My man. Um, you just broke my brain with trying to think of the timeline there. <laughs> the timeline of what? When Taylor Swift bought Holiday House? <laughs> to where Bobby and I would hang out? <laughs> yeah. Eh, you know, the 90s. The 90s. Um, anyway. Um, so yeah, they, they made a third Mighty Ducks film. Britain, and give, give us a synopsis sure of this movie that was also made in the 90s. Alex, they sure did, sweetie. <laughs> they made a third Mighty Ducks movie. <laughs> Go ahead and take your Flintstones <laughs> vitamin. and put, <laughs> At the end of this podcast, it's going to be like, Alex, put your shoes on. We're at Grandma's. <laughs> um, but anyway, but to, to get serious for a minute, the yeah. synopsis for D3, the Mighty Ducks reads thus. Having achieved a modicum of fame from their earlier adventures, fair, all the members of the Mighty Ducks hockey team are awarded scholarships to a prestigious prep school, but they must now play in the school's uniforms and renounce their freewheeling style for the more disciplined approach of their new coach, Ted O'Ryan. After star player Charlie quits the team for about an afternoon, their old coach, Gordon Bombay, must return to reinvigorate the Ducks' spirit. That's, That's like true. jumping way ahead in the plot. Yeah, um, it's right. I mean, they do the ducks do basically commit apostasy in this in this movie, um, and do a they 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 do a real Peter, and they're like, I don't know him mm-hmm. uh, about Gordon, or they're asked to, but you know, it's just again one of these sort of uh, the many biblical references. In yeah, what is a duck but a but a water dove? I ask you. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I will say to, to actually get in some a, mod, a modicum of discussion about the film. I will say um, I thought it was interesting because the the first movie has very personal stakes. It's very low stakes in a grand in a, in a larger way, but it's very personal stakes. It's all about Gordon's uh, uh, kind of you know coming back to or, redemption is too I think too strong of a word, but it's that idea and about getting these kids to play together as a team and then taking on the mean team that is from Gordon's past. And that that's really what it is. It's very low stakes. It's very personal stakes. D2 is very big stakes. It's we are going to be the world champions of the not Olympics. This is big, 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 big. And it kind of doesn't, it kind of tries to do some of the personal stuff, but really it's just about like, are we going to be the world champs? And this movie goes back to the personal stakes thing where it's like, if we don't, when we're going to lose our scholarships, which I have a lot of thoughts about that whole storyline. Um, but I feel like this movie kind of, it never really builds up why that's a big deal. Like they mention a lot throughout the movie that we're on scholarship, we're on scholarship, but we don't really under, and I, I know why they're at stake simply because I've seen movies before. Um, Russ Keenan Thompson alludes a few times to being from a poor neighborhood because he's black and that's apparently the only thing the movie knows how to give him or knows sure. what knows to give him. Um, but you don't really get this sense that like, uh, I, I mean, well, okay. 
And they also talk about how Banks kind of falls in with the the crowd, with, with the prep school crowd, because he comes from that stock. But then with the rest of them, there's never this, no one ever has a conversation where they're just like, well, this is my chance at a future. I'm not going to get into college otherwise. I'm not going to get a good education otherwise. I'm, you know, I don't want to be at the community college or tech school or whatever. This is my shot at something. Nobody really verbalizes any of that. So even though I feel like this movie is trying to go back to personal stakes, which I like, I like that it's a smaller scale thing. I don't feel like it really puts in the legwork to, to even just give us like, oh, this is, this is why it's important. It's just kind of like, oh crap, we got it in the movie. Uh, they might lose their scholarships. Go. Closest you get yep. is Bolton when he's telling Charlie why he wants to go back to the right, school. Right. That's the closest you get where Charlie's like, you know, we can just kind of hang out. We can, you know, when we're we're old enough, we can, you know, skip high school and college and go straight to Canada and we can try out for hockey there. And Fulton goes, I don't I don't know if I'm good enough. Like realistically yeah. speaking, I don't think I am. I need to get an education. Right. Right. And I'm like can we can we hear everyone else's rationale? Yeah, please? give us a little bit. And and uh, Fulton's like, I want to go be a lawyer. Um, I want to be an avocado right. at law. Um, but yeah, because uh, that, that's, go that's in the scene else, where they Charlie. skip school for a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I do like that the sort of villain of that plot line, uh, and they do it is introduced like early on in the movie. Is the the jocks and their <clears throat> father, who is the uh, like on the advisory board for yeah. the school, and wanted to get his son a free ride uh, to also be in on the hockey team, and he got bounced out for the scholarship kids. Um, I feel like that threat is very believable throughout, and is sort of like I think it would be very easy to have those characters be like. I don't know, very uh, pathetic and sort of like uh, over the top mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how they act. But they're they're very like normal people, which makes it feel more real. Sure. Is, is that they are like, th- this is a thing that happens and these are people who you could encounter uh, as, you know, a young kid at a new school. Like you could deal with people like this who have access it's it's like the malfoy thing but it's sure. not the like my father will hear about this it's like oh yeah my dad's totally gonna like you know make sure you guys get kicked out of school so also i'm like the star of the hockey team or whatever yeah and i can kind of control how people feel about you like that part works for me i think what really bothered me and took me a while to get set up in after i uh i spent quite a while ranting about the Escalation of stakes and the un- unclarity of what was going on with the not Olympics in the last movie. Um, this one, like, I don't understand. the The kids are coming to this school after winning these like apparently super important games. Mm-hmm. We talked about how they were like very popular and like it was a big deal, <clears throat> and then. In this one, like, they should be treated for the most part like, oh, they're, you know, they're new recruits and they're going to, they're going to help, you know, sustain excellence at the school. Uh, And instead they, like, don't get, like, even the teachers seem like 
sort of standoffish about them being there. And it's like, but these should be like the people who are going to be the varsity hockey team in a few years. So if there's this sort of standard of excellence and these, this, the idea is that they're trying to make these, this hockey team that works very well. That's, that's what they should be doing is like getting kids who are going to continue to play well after the other kids leave. Cause that's how, how graduation works. And so like, it's one thing to have the varsity team be like, not want to be up or shown up by the new kids, but like the, it feels like the rest of the school has a weird vibe to them. And it feels like the, advisory board deal like they uh, it doesn't really make sense to be like hey there's a bunch of talented hockey kids that we just got in we're gonna we're gonna kick them out after getting them a scholarship even though that is sometimes how these things work and obviously like power can go to people's heads on these small like non-influential committees and things like that and you know there can be like corruption and, and local kind of small town politics going on with it. But even then, I, I feel like the whole premise is, is just very strange. Again, after we're, we're building on the foundation of a movie that did not establish the stakes very well uh, or, or make us understand what the the worldwide perception of this thing was, it, it just puts the whole thing in a weird position. I think once it gets going, I was, I was able to buy into it pretty well and kind of ride along with it. Um, but again, like these movies keep just sort of, and, and uh, the other element of this is I complained about um, Gordon being the coach in the last one and how it doesn't really make sense to select him as the coach for this. And now we have Ted Ryan, who's like a minor league hockey player who didn't stay with the team or was a major league hockey player. who yeah. didn't stay with the team <clears throat> when the team moved and is apparently like a sought after, like great talent, like an important guy. But he's coaching the junior varsity team at this prep school? Yeah. I don't... Well, and I think they, like... And I wasn't crazy about this, but... Because I actually kind of liked that character. Um, mm-hmm. Ted Orion, I, I like the performance, and I like the idea of that character. But they have a scene where... Because Charlie's like, oh, he's awful. And Gordon's like, he's not awful. His daughter's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Don't, you, don't we all feel bad about that? So I don't know if maybe it was like, well, I'm staying in town and working this yeah, like, they say that. steady job so that I can oh, okay. yeah. look after her. Maybe it's that. Again, I think this movie, like, it, it a, a lot of movies are like, we don't need to over-explain things. You get it. And this movie's like, you get it. And it's not, there's a lot of like, we're just going to tell you the ending and you can kind of figure out the connective sure. stuff, which I, I didn't, didn't really work for me. And I feel like that's one of those cases where like, I think. The, the the thing that I've the, the explanation that I just gave I think makes total sense for this character and for the movie, but they don't really like verbalize that at all. I mean they do say like he stayed with her when the team moved. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's like, true. Okay, that's true. They, they, he has a little bit of conversation. But yeah, specifically why he's taking this job. It the the big part that breaks my brain is why why do they have like these two different coaches right. who are both seem like I don't know. That was weird to me. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. It well, feels like the problem is we don't see the varsity coach until literally yes. the last game. Yeah. And he's like, and he is like a miserable, pathetic, like, Oh, I'm, I'm having all my guys just beat up these young kids kind of thing. Uh, and then the, yeah, like it, it, it doesn't really make sense as to how he, cause I think they, didn't they establish that the team, has already won some championships or like has been successful. 
the varsity team. Like they're already the the reigning champs, uh, and somehow this coach got them there. <laughs> like I don't, it's it's odd. Yeah, I think the problem is you know a lot of the inner politics just isn't really explored beyond like the main varsity, the captain, his dad is the head of the alumni board and is leading the charge to get the ducks out of there. Um, if they explored that a little bit more and maybe explored that coach a little bit more, cause maybe it is a thing of that coach is well-connected with the alumni yep. board. That's why he's coaching varsity. Or maybe it's as simple as coach Orion likes having to work with the, you know, the team that sure. has a lot more of a, you know, they have to climb more yeah. in terms of getting better. Maybe he likes that challenge as opposed to, and oh, the varsity team's already pretty good. Sure. Maybe I don't want to deal with that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I did notice that this movie, it feels like stuff is cut. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It feels like there are just missing scenes. And there's a lot of subplots that just, like, happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're not even subplots. Like... Julie gets a boyfriend, I guess. Okay, yes. Luis gets a boyfriend or a Luis girlfriend, excuse me, like, I guess. That, that, this is that, a different movie. I didn't like it, obviously, for obvious reasons, but that she's been cheating on her boyfriend with Luis. But that almost played to me as like, oh, this is a, it's sudden. And that's like the joke of it is that it's sudden. But yeah, at the yeah. end of the of the movie, this guy who's apparently named Scooter comes up and kisses Julie on the cheek. And I said out loud, was he in the movie? He was in, I think, one scene. Yeah, it was point. just what? <laughs> because they are we, sure, are, are we sure that wasn't the guy from the end of D two who talked? Awesome. Who was like, uh, you know, he was telling the wolf, "No, you lost it for yourself. Let's <laughs> no, go maybe. shake their hands." Could have been the same for guy. Only know. Yes. Well, the, uh, yeah. I think they 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 show them meeting at the <clears throat> end of the uh, the first okay kind of scuffle they have, and I think that's it. I could maybe. be wrong. Yeah. Uh, the 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 bit that most that felt the most egregious cut to me is toward uh, setting up the third act. The ducks are like all coming in, piling into the bus to go play a hockey game, and Orion's like, "Ah, da, da, discipline." And then the dean shows up and he's like, "Now remember, if you guys don't play well, you're gonna lose your scholarships." And Orion's like, "Whoa, I don't think we well, agreed th- with that." Well, it's it's even worse than that. He yeah. goes, no, we've already decided to kick you out. You have until the end of the semester, and then you have to find other educational opportunities. That's it. That's it. Yeah, so it's this whole thing about your – like, the stakes are very high, and Ryan's like, whoa, I don't like this. You know, I'm if, if they go, I go. And it's this – and you're like, oh, man, okay, we're, we're setting up. Which, again, if he is a junior varsity coach, yeah. what, like, <laughs> like, what, what are they – so like, okay, we're setting it up. I wonder how this is going to play. Smash cut. They're at a fancy board meeting dinner in, in mm-hmm. uh, business wear. And they're all like, we're immediate. So it really does look like they just went, we won't play hockey and immediately went to the meeting. And then Gordon comes in and does his lawyer stuff. It was so like, wait, we're here now. Well, what's even worse is the way it's cut and the way the scene is blocked. It looks like Orion gives like an impassioned speech yeah. or some kind of argument on the duck's behalf. Before Gordon shows up. Yes. That's the way the scene cuts, and it looks like there's, like, five minutes missing. Yeah. And and, and it's just the strangest And is thing. it in the same day? Like, they were going to right. play a game. And at the end of that scene, uh, Linda, who I actually quite liked. I wish we got more of Linda, who's Charlie's sure. love interest. He's talking to her, and she's like, I'm just glad you're back. And I was like, yeah, he was gone a whole afternoon. <laughs> like, What? There's also some line that she has there that made me think that something was cut after the game where they tie and he's uh-huh. like super upset. 
Because she says something like, oh, I wanted to apologize to you or some, right. some weird thing where I'm like, no, that doesn't connect. There's a scene missing. Yeah. It's very yeah. weird. There, there is some – because I'm not – some of the like subplot stuff – because the thing is these movies the, – the, the team is pretty big and so not every character is going to get these full stories like, like we would hope. And I do like that Charlie gets more to do in this and Joshua Jackson yeah. is still very good and I, I like him a lot. But I think that it's – so, so some of those cuts and missing things didn't phase me as much because I'm like, well, in all three of these movies, like I'm still figuring out who Guy is. Like there's, sure. you know, we're he's, all, he's used a lot more in this movie. And I was like, wait, he was, this yeah. is the same guy who like, look, Connie continues look, to not really be a character. Yeah. Connie is now Guy's love interest because Guy's a character now. Yeah. <laughs> he got hurt just... in, in the final game and you were supposed to be emotionally moved by that. Right. And there's like that's all I got. And like Goldberg gets a lot more to do in this, yeah. um, some of which I enjoyed. Uh, Julie gets more to do, you know. Um, but like I, I don't know, Mind- Banks is still on the verge of being an interesting character. Yeah. Well, and this is he's like yeah, it's, he's right there, and they just don't. Well, and that's an interesting idea that he's like, okay, I get, I'm from the same stock as these prep boys, so like, who do I, you know, which team do I follow? And then he apparently is good enough to get rocketed right up to varsity, which we do not see. Yeah, well, I think he says it when they when they do the when yeah. They, no, I mean they. Exp- I think they're that's like the coach, like Orion is like no, he's going to be on the yeah. Because when they're reading their their positions and yeah. Goldberg realizes he's uh, second string. Yeah, I think that's him evaluating. Yeah, no, I understand that. I just mean. In all three of these movies, we have not been presented with a single hockey moment where Aaron, sure. where Banks stands out. Yeah, because he's yeah. he's pitched as being the star player of the Hawks in the first game, but then like he doesn't have any trick shots. He's not really. We just are kind of told that he's great. So yeah. I like this again. I like the idea. Adam Banks. I don't know why I said Aaron. Sure, Adam Banks. <laughs> that he's trying to choose between, you know, wh- wh- which side he goes on, and but but it's not fortified at all. There's no real substance to it, and he also never seems. Well, conflicted he just seems angry that he's on the varsity team yeah and it's never presented like he had a choice like yeah. it, in the in that scene he's kind of like oh why am i on the varsity team yeah like, okay i guess but like there's never i don't know it, it doesn't really seem like he ever could have not done that it's a little strange yeah and once again maybe that's what's missing from the alumni board piece of it because it cuts to after that session and the varsity is like oh we're gonna cream you and uh, Charlie's like, well, you guys had an advantage over us last time. You had Banks. Yeah. And Banks is just standing behind him. I'm like, when did he switch? Right. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's a scene missing. Yeah. Or several. Yeah. Well, and that's what, like, that... Look, I'm not saying release Go- the Lieberman cut or anything, <laughs> but I need answers. Gordon's sort of impassioned speech there at the end, like... Or at the end, the, in the, the advisory board scene. It, it feels like we've almost reached the third act or not. It feels like we've almost finished the third act like that. The way that is paced is like, this is the culminating conclusion to this like scholarship storyline, which is, I guess, kind of the main plot line. And then we pivot back to the varsity thing. So it's like, yeah, it feels like that maybe that was earlier on at some point and kind of like, uh, yeah, that third act feels a little wonky. And, like, Gordon isn't really, like, in the movie very much, which I think if I liked, if I didn't like Orion, that would bother yeah. me more. Because I don't mind yeah. the way Gordon is used when he is used. 
Um, we got the whole Hans thing is a different conversation. But every time Gordon enters in the movie, it kind of it kind of reminds me of how the dinosaurs are presented in Dominion, where you think like, oh, we're gonna get a big entrance for Gordon, and he just shows up to the funeral late. Um, or he just shows, well, I mean, or he just like appears, and like there's no real like pageantry to the shot or anything. Look, it's a running thematic element that everyone just runs late in these movies. I guess I will say I just appreciated that they actually brought him back. I feel like that. Oh, would sure. Very easy yeah. To be like Charlie is the only one who cares about this now. <laughs> like, sure. not forget that they should bring back Gordon. Well, or I, the actual. I, I liked <laughs> the end. Like he sees them win, doesn't talk to them, and walks out of the arena. Yeah. But then they cut to what I what I think could be kind of lovely the flashback photo of him high-fiving Charlie from the first movie, but then they add these, like, spark effects over it. And I was like, okay, now this is just weird. Yeah, that's... And and I kind of liked that the opening was a lot of flashback footage of, like, this is where this team has come from and this is where they started, the how it started, how it's going meme thing. I kind of liked that idea. It was a little clumsy in the the cut, but I liked the, the concept of it. Well, the best part is most of it is footage from the first movie, and right. then there's like a couple of shots. I this movie seems to have some sort of weird disdain of sorts for the second film. Well, like, I, to me, like it, I read uh, it. Uh, well, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, because this is going to get into my my larger point of what I do think actually works in this movie. Um, the to me, it feels like the movie kind of recognizes what it has to do to get back on track uh in terms of making it work as a plot and have stakes and things um whether or not it succeeds is one thing but like i think it realizes it can't like if it continues on with the zaniness of the second one then it's just like gonna be total nonsense um because i i do think and we can get into this i i really like the way the actual like hockey playing develops through this movie i think that there's good stuff done there and that kind of ties into coach ryan and all that stuff yeah i think it's interesting how orion's approach is very much look gordon got y'all championships by having you do just like tricks and nonsense we're not doing that we're playing actual hockey yeah so on that level as as a semi-criticism of particularly the second one i did actually kind of like that that felt like a very natural um kind of step and i think overall just kind of I think the movie justifies Gordon not being in it hardly at all. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. thematically what it's going for in terms of, no, the kids have to start growing up a little bit. Yeah, They can't just keep relying on the old <clears throat> things that worked in the past. They have to move forward. Don't forget about those things, certainly, but they can move forward and evolve and they have to meet new challenges. Yeah, I like that. And I feel like yeah. for a kid's movie, that's actually, that has a surprising amount of depth. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, I, yeah and I like that, because they pitch Orion early on as, at least I was like, oh, he's going to be the hard-nosed jerk who we're all going to hate, and then Gordon's going to take over. But I like that as the movie develops, you really do understand what Orion's perspective is. And aside from when he like gets mad and throws a puck in the locker room, you're like, no, he is harder than Gordon, and sometimes that feels unfair, but like he's a good guy who, like, he just has a harder approach, but his, his like, I get his viewpoint, and it makes sense. Like, I don't know. Like I said, I ended up quite liking that character. Yeah, and it, I think it works well to have him... To have it be like, okay, you kids just won a bunch with Gordon, and you know he was a successful coach. This is kind of a different situation. This other guy also has good ideas and can also teach you new things. Like, it's not, it's not just about having 
Gordon as your coach. Um, and I, th- I really like that because I complained about like how the last one I think was stretching the boundaries of what they could get away with in terms of doing silly hockey things on the ice. Yeah. Um, and this one really get like, I think the hockey itself is shot really well in this movie. Sure. Uh, I feel like all the, uh, all the games look pretty good. Um, and it's really clear what's going on and like what the stakes are. It makes it feels like it has tension whenever you're watching them play hockey. Um, and I really like the way that they show like Orion shape the team and kind of be like, you have to focus on defense. We have to, uh, you know, defense is what's going to help you keep winning games. It's one thing to try and score, but eventually you'll realize that you just can't. Yeah. Uh, and he also turns it into a life lesson. Mm-hmm. I felt like his speeches, it wasn't just a series of platitudes. Yeah. Like they yeah. actually had some substance. I was, yeah, I was genuinely kind of surprised by mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I um, and I, 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 and I, I like the, the training method of uh, spilling out all the trash and just like it's mm-hmm. like clear clear the trash out in front of the goal. Yeah, I like that. That's fun. Yeah, I will say I didn't. I I was not moved by Hans dying. Um, sure. Yeah, because Hans is not in the second movie, and he doesn't do much in the first movie aside from make me think that he's Santa. Um, mm-hmm. And in this one, he mostly is just listening to the radio, going no charlie concentrate on the game and just like trying to like uh, uh force ghost his way into charlie's mind um but like so i that felt like a forced how do we get gordon back what kind of pathos can we put into this thing um yeah and maybe if i was a kid at the time and i've been watching the movies in real time it would have been different but well it's it's weird because we didn't have hans in the last movie yeah and now he's back and they do that it, yeah. like I feel like it would be one thing if we had both him and Jan back. Sure. At least have Jan um, at the funeral. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess he's overseas or whatever, but it's just, it's strange that they do it that way. Um, there is one moment with Hans that I really like, and Charlie's just being kind of a petulant child, and he's complaining about Orion, and I like that Hans is just very straightforward, and he goes, you're not a little boy anymore. Yeah. Please stop acting this way. Yeah. I I actually felt like, oh, Somebody's giving some sober direction to Charlie. All right. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that works throughout. I think like overall Charlie's arc makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Like yeah. he's feeling teen angst and he doesn't want to grow up and he doesn't want to deal with this new guy. Uh he wants to have his team play the way that his team always played. Uh and he's ha- kind of having to come come to terms with that. I really really like that in their first game they they have it they have the situation where they get up like nine to zero and then end up tying the, the other team comes back in the third period and gets up nine, nine, like the, the sort of like gut wrenching and like heart sinking uh, feeling throughout that, like that I think comes across very strongly uh, and, yeah. and helps really emphasize like why the team's so dejected and why they're so like frustrated with Charlie uh and like starting some of that division and making Charlie realize like, no, he, he needs to get in line and like work with the team and, and grow as a player. Uh, I think all that is works really well. And, and I like that that plays into him eventually being like, well, I'm out. I don't think we're doing this the right way. Uh, and he brings Fulton along with them, but then the rest of the team is kind of like, no, we, we see what this guy's trying to do. We see what Orion's, teaching methods are doing they're they're helping us get better like we want to stick to it uh i like that quite a bit i think it all 
feels very organic. Yeah. Yeah, I think um aside from the underdeveloped romance with Charlie, I think overall his arc works quite well. And in particular there's a there's a couple of moments that that really stick with me from this movie and one is the scene where Bombay is like, "Hey Charlie, we're going to spend the the day together." And they go and see Orion and his daughter and we explain his backstory and and what he gave up in order to um take care of his family. And then we cut to Bombay and Charlie looking at some old trophies and stuff. And I really like, I think it's supposed to purposefully replicate Jan's speech in the, the previous film to him um, when Gordon's at his lowest moment. Because um, Jan says, you know, when I was talking to Tibbles and kind of selling him on you, I told him you were the Minnesota Miracle Man. Be that man. And so Gordon kind of... yeah. He he takes that and manipulates it a bit, so, so he's like, "No, Charlie, you were the you were the person who actually made all this work. So be that man." I I find that really really touching. I think just actually seeing these two characters kind of grow across these three movies, sure. um, I actually found that kind of compelling. And, and yeah, it was it was a very very sweet moment. I'm like, Charlie's grown up a little bit. Yeah, and, I'm proud and of him like reflects on the fact that he was in a bad bad place like yeah. before he found this this team and like that set him on a totally different path and now he's he's in a much better headspace and like career path um i think it's uh, i think it, that part was was also I, I found it pretty effective yeah um the other bit is when uh gordon's in the stands and they're looking at each other after the ducks have won and Gordon just kind of gives a very subtle nod and he turns over and they've got the Ducks banner that, because mm-hmm. I guess since the Ducks won, they're, they're renaming the mascot. Yeah. Doing That's that. another thing. So this is, I feel <laughs> like, I feel like we've got, we're, we're uh, digging out sort of the, what, what is, what is hidden beneath the surface here? Because right in the first scene, um, what's her name? Charlie's love interest. Linda. Linda, she's asking about, like, hey, look, we got to change the name of the the Warriors. This is a this is a bad team name. Um, they don't totally get into it. They kind of talk about like yeah, maybe it's it's inspired by yeah, well, she, Native American. Yeah, she says it's offensive, and then Charlie gives a lot of stereotypical Native American style names like Chiefs team and stuff. names. So yeah. it's like okay, I guess that's so what maybe we're that's doing. maybe that's what they're referring to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then that doesn't really come up again, but then. Yeah, they the, in the in the same scene where Adam has now changed sides, yeah. uh, they're like, "Oh, uh, hey, guess what? If we win, we get to be the Ducks, or the Warriors are are gone, or whatever." Like, yeah. so again, and then that's where that's also around the time that Charlie and her reconcile. So it's like clearly something is supposed to cut slot in place here, so that we learn that there's something. You know, they've decided this is what's going to change, or. I don't know. It, it's weird. Yeah. It's even worse than that, though, because during that scene, they, they once again, I feel like Keenan gets the short end of the stick for a lot of this. Um, he has the line, yeah, but if we win, the Warriors die and the Ducks yeah. fly. I mean, that's and, pretty good. I and then the, the problem here. <laughs> and then the varsity captain just goes, yeah, whatever, loser. <laughs> and then they just walk <laughs> away. I'm like, all right. Maybe the movie does know what it's doing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, aside from all the stuff that's missing um (laughs) yeah release the lieberman cut yes well i'll also say i did not like a lot of the comedy bits in this because for a while the movie is just bits um Mm -hmm. i i 
I don't like the horse uh, waste in the lunch bags. Also, how that, do they that... get it into the cheerleaders' lunch bags, and why are the cheerleaders being targeted? No, they get... no. That's that's not what happens. They're not purposefully targeting the cheerleaders. One of the varsity players, I think it might be, I can't remember the actor's big, name. He's in Walking guy. Dead and Band of Brothers. Oh, Michael Cudlow. Oh, okay. Sergeant I Sergeant think, Abraham Ford, but yes. Right. I think he throws the bag and it oh, lands on the cheerleader's okay, table okay, and then okay. they open it. Yeah, then yeah. they Okay. Um my bad. Um but yeah, I didn't like <laughs> it's, that. It's bit. okay. With with the very loose continuity sure. that this movie is working with, I understand. Well, they already confusion. set up that Linda's not like other girls and doesn't like the cheerleaders because they're airheads. It's the it's that nineties thing. Um but it's a tale as old as time. But then they I don't I don't like the bit where Mendoza crawls on the floor yes. looking up the cheerleader skirts and then looks at the camera and does a like mm-hmm. well the yes. weird thing is i think that's supposed to reference animal house because there's a bit where john belushi uh, in that movie is watching a sorority girl undress and she can't see him and he turns around and looks at the camera and winks which is I maybe thi- the the unsaid thing about this is that this movie really wants to be like an animal house like a college yeah, yeah. Sort of I don't even know what the, the term for the genre is. Sure. Fret. Van Wilder's first steps. Yeah. Fret, fret comedy. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, <clears throat> because there's also all the back and forth between the varsity team and the junior varsity team where the varsity team. The slobs versus the, snobs kind of comedy. Yeah. Leaves the juniors with a bunch of, or a, a huge bill that they have to work off by working dishes at the restaurant. Um, and then they get back at them by putting this really like elaborate scheme of putting ants uh, yeah. in everyone's beds. And, uh, the, the and because it's team does this. and because it's 1996 and the first Mission Impossible movie was mm, hot at the time, right. they just do a very cheap knockoff like temp music for Mission Impossible esque. Yeah. They also yeah. hang around and let the let the varsity team see them, even though they're mm. in this quote unquote disguise. Even though they snuck into, the, yeah, they're like, ha ha, it's us. And then Michael Cudlitz like rolls in because he's been hogtied by the cowboy, and that's when they're like, oh, we better get out of here. The yeah, guy who yeah. can't touch us is here. Yeah, <laughs> silly. I did like that. Gee and and uh, Connie are on lookout and. Connie's like, you know, in with that that getup with that spy outfit, you look so. And he says, so ruggedly handsome. And she just goes, so amazingly stupid. And and I'm like, like, what? What weird sort of sexual mind game is this? Like, what kind of <laughs> you know devious uh, deviant act? Look, this is just begging for a Trinity definitely styled reimagining <laughs> set at Eden right, Hall. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but a lot, and then there's there's also about a 45 minute sequence where they're going rollerblading because some of the ducks were on time to school and a bunch of them weren't. And Goldberg, yeah, I'm a I'm yeah. a bit confused about that because I I think the idea is supposed to be that the kids who are out of state actually live in the dorms at the school. Oh, so that would make sense. All all the new kids from D two are living there. Yeah, but that still doesn't explain why the other kids are late. Aside from the running gag that people are just yeah. late in these yeah. movies, they're just you know. But they're they're rollerblading there. And they're they, living the skate life, man. That's true. <laughs> Goldberg ends up losing control of his skates and goes. Just again, it takes a long time. He's jumping over stuff. He's uh, Charlie's skating after him. There's a lot of Hanna Barbera sound effects. Well, that's what, like they, they, uh, the whole group is together. Yeah, and 
uh, I think Averman's like, let's go this way, guys, and like says something that implies like they're trying to go somewhere, which I think as the scene unfolds, you kind of realize they're just trying to get to the assembly. Yeah. Um, but then Charlie and uh, Goldberg veer off, and then like we're following them, and we've kind of got that loose hanging thread of like, wait, where are the other guys going? Yeah. And yeah. Like, that was weird the entire time. And they leap off we- of a bridge, and because their knees are made of elastic yes. infused with titanium, they land <laughs> perfectly and just fall back into line skating with the rest of the kids. They're hockey players. It's fine. The, the, I, I think Alex, I mentioned this to you. I did not expect the Mighty Ducks to be one of those franchises where they all turn into superheroes. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because they get so durable. I I did have the joke because Tyler was watching this while I was visiting with his family. Um, I did have the joke when that scene started. I was like, Tyler, however long you think this sequence is going to go, it's longer. Yeah. And I said that multiple times throughout the scene. Yeah. Uh, Um, man. The reason I can't completely write off off that scene is literally the end bit because sure. it's actually a really fun setup and payoff because the whole idea is that Goldberg, who can't skate properly, basically gets veered off course and Charlie's chasing after him. That's that's why the scene goes on forever. It's it's a it's a chase of errors. Um, and so at the end of that, when they're reunited with the other ducks, Charlie goes, Goldberg, don't ever do that to me again. And it's nice because at the very end, when Charlie has learned his character arc of actually being a team player and relying on everyone else, and he passes the puck to Goldberg, and Goldberg's able to get the the goal right before the the buzzer, Goldberg's in shock, and Charlie goes up to him and is like, no, Goldberg, you won! And Goldberg just goes, don't ever do that to me again! (laughs) And it was genuinely good! I really like what they do with Goldberg over the course of the movie. I, I think early on, he's got a lot of jokes that are kind of continue to be obnoxious. Um, yeah. But I like that. They're kind of like, okay, you know, early on Orion's like, yeah, no, Julie's the better goalie. Uh, too bad. <laughs> and then they sort of, and he's trying to like make her eat more sweets so that she'll be worse at hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, that's a subplot for a little bit, <clears throat> but at some point, along with Orion's kind of approach to making them all uh, better at defense, he moves Goldberg to be a defender kind of on the ice. Uh, and so then that sets up like, okay, this is how they get better at generally playing hockey is they now got this, this big guy who kind of can partner with Fulton and isn't necessarily a bash brother, but he, he's also a bruiser uh, and, and he's out there. And then the, uh, like, basically that sets up so that by the very end, he can then be in position to to score the winning goal. Uh, I think that's quite neat. I I like the way, again, that the hockey strategy kind of plays out there. I also love uh, the Bash Brother reunion. Sure. (laughs) Yes. It's so out of nowhere. And so, like, it it really should be, it really should be at least before the game. Yeah but it's very good that they're like <clears throat> oh hey uh the other team is just being jerks and the ref probably is being paid by the advisory board or whatever yeah. and is, isn't calling anything um and so we just get the other guys showing up and the uh the first thing what is it uh portman yeah uh yeah. the first thing he does is throw michael Cut- cutlets mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> he like ducks and and throws them through the glass yeah. into the audience uh it's very good it's very good and they just like show a, a there's like a quick montage of them just totally beating up on everyone 
It's yeah. I, well, I he, it. he shows up randomly before the third period, reading out the letter uh, that transfers the transfer letter to the school, and he's immediately mm-hmm. on the hockey team and about to play. It's it's so. By that point, I'm like, this is silly enough. This is like the right level of silly for me to yeah. accept it. But then he well, does. Britain. He beats up one guy and then is benched for the rest of the game. Right. Well, he's Britain. benched. He's benched and then he starts stripping in front of the yeah. audience. <laughs> and he calls and, he, Kevin, and the band is playing Born to Be Wild. And he calls Kevin Little Bash Brother and I was like, Kevin doesn't have a personality. Stop trying to make this. That up. was in the, that was in the last one. That's yeah, a, I guess. I guess. A callback. Yeah. Um, Britain, it made perfect sense to me. The set, it's a setup and payoff. Uh, uh, Gordon said he had business in Chicago, and as I have established, everyone is late all the time in these movies. It makes perfect sense. You know what? You're right. It's you know, I, I think we can all agree that D3 The Mighty Ducks is a bulletproof film, and that's the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. We'll yes. see you next time for, oh, I don't know. Is the Barbie movie out yet? Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I will say this movie, uh, it brings back weird ADR. There are multiple shots mm. in their first game of Julie skating around being <laughs> bored, and they are yeah. ju- and her mouth is not moving, and they're just playing like, La la la, so well, bored. Wish I could play hockey, and it's her, so awkward. Yeah, her mouth isn't moving, but also or just open. like the audio doesn't sound yeah. right. Like it, it just like yeah. is like a. It, it sounds like a voiceover. Of, what is? But like, I don't even know if it's that actress. But but like it, it doesn't sound like the way the other characters in right. the movie sound. I don't know. It it's really sticks out. It's very strange. Yeah, all of that was <clears> bizarre. Um, they, they do. Uh, pu- uh, Elden does. Elden Fulton does his his shot, and a player catches it in his glove, and it spins him around a bunch of times, and then he throws it into the mm-hmm. into the goal. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, sure, let's just do this. That was good. Uh, I also really like how the annoying kid who is this movie's Lee Jordan, uh, commentating all the games, just yeah. already knows all the like. Oh, here's the knuckle puck. You guys know all about the knuckle puck. He's done his research. Still sounds dirty. And uh, when he talks about like up oh, flying V and there's the, you know, I just, it is weird that he never really gets. That feels like a kid that at some point would interact with the ducks, sure. but he doesn't. He's just yeah. like the guy. I mean, he does. We were talking about this before that he does get to talk with the movie's cameo, which is a, an actual yes. hockey player from the Anaheim ducks who is very Canadian and uh, is reading his lines off of a, like a, like a, a cue card. It seems like, and uh, Tyler described his lines better than than I could. <clears throat> I don't remember what I said. We were characterizing like the uh, the video game, like yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about he is a lot like uh, the the pre recorded lines in Madden, uh, NCAA, etc. Where <clears throat> the the game just kind of knows what the result of the play was, and then it plays some audio over it. Like they're gonna have to toughen up on defense if they want to stop. The other team, uh, it's all very awkward, like vague, non-specific dialogue like that. Uh, yeah. It's pretty much the exact same thing. Yes. It also is weird because it's weird to me that this movie references the Anaheim Ducks because then the implication there is that, like, they say that the Ducks were named after the Mighty Ducks in the movie, which, in reality, I believe Disney bought a hockey team and called them the Ducks after the Mighty Ducks. But now in universe they're saying, which again is like, how big were those kids kids Olympics? Like what? Why right. was that? <laughs> like what? I I think part of the problem is the movies are backwards. 
Yes. This should be the premise of the second film. And keep Bombay as the coach. And and have him deal with the alumni board and you can do all that stuff there. And then the third film should be they go to the, the Junior Olympics and Gordon's not their coach. Yes. But they like the team, the <clears throat> Ducks. And they want to use all of those players. And so they have to deal with a new coach. And yeah, the stakes... It- progress as you go like that feels much more natural and you know i I think there's something to be said for you know take each film kind of one at a time and you know they didn't know they were going to make three movies and didn't plan it out like that sure but looking back on it and of course hindsight's 2020 it just feels really weird yeah yes no for sure and I think, like, with this one, I really did understand all of the, like, everything that happened as the, like, resolution to any given story, I understood and I, and I think makes sense. It's just they kind of would set it up and then didn't do any of the legwork and they were just at the ending. Like you said, it feels like a lot is cut and a lot is really rushed. And the, as as much as I think I would have, I would have found these characters iconic from my childhood I think it's because my imagination would have filled them in so much, like the canteen of the characters in Star Wars or something um, that I like in this one. I don't know. I mean, I guess like it's not that anyone feels different. It's just that the the biggest improvement, I think, is that Charlie and Goldberg get like actual stuff to do, Mm -hmm. which is nice. And I like Averman's back doing jokes. They have a, a bit where they clean up the trash and he holds up a moldy bagel and goes, got any cream cheese? And I wanted to kind of give the movie like a slap on the wrist, like stop it, don't do that. Write a better, no, write a, like a joke, write an actual joke. I, I did, oh, I did send a picture of the movie when I I started watching it because I, I started watching it first when Goldberg. <laughs> okay, looks you at win. The, when did I? Um, when when Goldberg looks at at the roster as as Orion has kind of decided who's going where, and. Uh, Goldberg realizes that Julie has replaced him as goalie, and he he literally has the line, "What am I, chopped liver?" And I immediately was like, "Britain's gonna love <laughs> this movie." Well, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I will say, I um, I did that. That one didn't bother me quite as much for some reason because it kind of feels like a thing that Goldberg would say. I guess, yeah, um, sure. Hey, come on. I did like that Robertson continues to wear his cowboy hat all the time. So even when they're in their their professional fussy business meeting, he's still got this giant mm-hmm. cowboy hat on. It's an that intimidation the, factor. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like how they handled Robertson in this because they basically just turn him into an idiot. Yeah. And I would say, like, obviously he's very over-the-top and jokey in the last film. Yeah. And, like, he has the crazy moment where Connie's getting attacked and he lassos the Iceland guy. But he's not an idiot. Like, this movie has a running gag of him not understanding simple exposition, and somebody has to explain it to him. Yeah. It's not funny. Well, because It's yeah. not. The previous movie, he was kind of like the lovable yokel who was just yeah. like, I haven't been out of Texas, so what is the big city? But in this, it really is like, oh, we have to, uh, they might take away our scholarships. What do you mean? What is, what? Like, he truly doesn't realize that, like, when the big fiery or when the god flame sinks it is now nighttime <laughs> like and and what's even worse is like they doubled down on it because i remember the, the bit where they they realize they're going to lose their scholarships and and he doesn't understand keenan goes i'll put it in a, in a way that you can't understand adios amigo and robertson you can see him mouthing the words and he goes i see <laughs> and it's i i don't know so I, I i did not like that 
one bit. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. And, like, they give Keenan a bunch of stereotypical lines about, like, it's dangerous in my hood and things. And, and yeah. maybe my favorite moment in the movie, yeah. he says, this, this school is really low on the brother quotient. And then Julie goes, yeah, I wonder about this Coach Orion. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. Maybe it's for the best that Jesse isn't in this movie because then they would have just well, forced some of that on him too. That's the thing is like, that was one thing I caught. Uh, Russ calls Banks a cake eater. Well, they've cake been doing that either. since the the first but movie. That was well, like specifically what Jesse oh, yeah. called him all the time. It almost feels like weird. he was in the script and then the actor, there was some falling out there yeah. for some reason and he didn't come back. So they just gave Keenan a bunch of that material. Yeah. That would be my, my guess. Yeah. Because they don't miss, mention Jesse once in this movie, which is mm-hmm. weird because he's literally in the last, both films. Yeah. Yeah, that's know. true. Yeah, and like, I still don't know why Julie's, Julie the cat, I I don't get it. <laughs> and it makes me, it yeah. makes me scared and angry. Julie the cat duck, what's not to get? <laughs> uh, cat duck is my favorite Adventure Time character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I will say, this movie... They uh, during the scene where um, uh, Charlie and Fulton have their day of hooky and they go to a, a carnival or like mm-hmm. an amusement park and throw up in a trash can and go on all kind of shenanigans. They're playing uh, Grade Nine by the Bare Naked Ladies, and I was like, "All right, okay, I'm into this. Let's go." <laughs> and earlier, when uh, 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 Charlie is talking to Linda, and he's like. Yeah, well, what do you like? You like music? She goes, I like Pantera. And he's like, I love mm-hmm. Pantera. And they start naming other things they like. And he says R.E.M. at one point. And mm-hmm. I was like, speaking of Spotify wrapped, like, <laughs> this is like my whole deal. They, I love this. They they really pack in some 90s things. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> aside from R.E.M., I would say, have not really left the yeah. decade. And I was like, I, I, now I do want the deleted scene where the two of them just talk about what, which is better, mm. murmur or automatic for the people. Like, right, let's, let's right. really get into this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Pizza. It's so 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure when um, Gordon takes Charlie to go see the Ducks playing street hockey, Charlie's got his flannel shirt tied around his waist at the sleeves. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do... I do think that the the theme park or whatever it is that they go to, I think that's in the second movie when they're doing the montage of getting the gang back together. Oh, okay. I think when they go and get Averman and he's at the movie theater tearing tickets, I think oh, that's that be. location. Interesting. I could be wrong. It looks very similar. Maybe. Um, Charlie's mom is in the movie. I just wanted to touch on mm-hmm. that because they don't really – she doesn't have a relationship with Bombay really anymore. Like that's yeah. not even discussed. Um. And it almost feels like some of her screen time is cut down too. Well, but I do like that they brought her back as part of Charlie's their and their relationship rather than the yeah. Gordon one. Um, yeah. Rather than try to be like, oh no, see they got back together or whatever. It's like no, no, no. She's this is about Charlie. She's still just you know expedition person and you know doesn't get a lot to do. But yeah, it was it was nice that she came back. Yeah. Um. I, I, I do have to, to harp on my favorite thing in these movies, uh, the score and like the end, like the just the victory march when, when everyone's celebrating at the end and we're all we're tying up all the loose ends, even if it doesn't really make sure. much sense with, with that very they're being short, tied up in the uh, first place. Yeah, laces. Um, 
J.A.C. Radford, the composer from the second film, and it's the David Newman theme from the first film. It feel, Like I said, I feel like every movie, it just kind of gets more complex and better. Um, if anyone is even remotely interested in the, the score for D3, The Mighty Ducks, which I do genuinely recommend highly, um, go yeah, look up. about Spotify rap. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know if it's on Spotify. Um, go on YouTube and look up the track Victory Over Varsity. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> it's like a five-minute suite. It's kind of exactly what I want from a movie theme, and it's very triumphant, and it, it's it's absolutely wonderful. And like I said, it, it feels like each with each movie, like more pieces get added to the orchestration. It's just wonderful. I love it. Mm-hmm. I would also point out <clears throat> Grade 9 is from the uh, Bare Naked Ladies album titled Gordon. Um, oh. There is a Mighty Ducks playlist that somebody made on Spotify. If you want to, nice. Get into that. How much you want to bet it's just the other songs that play in the movies? Yeah, I mean, I would. That's what you'd be looking for. You want? It's like when, it really when you is. go no, look it's up literally that. <laughs> if you go look up like the Guardians and Galaxy soundtrack, and people like right put together a playlist, and they'll be like, "Oh, I added some of the songs that I think fit." In. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not what we're looking for. Stop it. <laughs> Give me only the songs that are in the film. Um, <laughs> Don't put I Graduation do... by Vitamin C in there. Right. Like, no, that's not That's not what we're doing. Here. That's not what we're looking for. Um, I just, I all like... Room Blitz was a Suicide Squad song. You <laughs> it's not all the suicide. I just feel like the collector would apologize for party rocking. That really feels like... <laughs> oh, Alex, I will um, say, I, the score is neat, and I do especially like the track, What Are You Going to Do When You're Not Saving the Puck? Right. That was pretty good. <laughs> you know, that's what the final track should have been called if they wanted Quack. to avoid spoilers. Sure. Quack. Um, <laughs> Tyler, what were you going to say? Um, I do quite like the final game. Uh, how the premise is basically that they're just like, we're literally just going to sit on the goal. We're not going to let them score. That's what we've been training for. Um, they're going to beat us up and do all sorts of crazy stuff, but they're not going to be able to get into... The, the puck into our goal. <clears throat> um, I think that's really effective. I, I, again, I like the way that they develop the team because that was a big part of what I liked about the first one. They, they showed believably how you could teach some kids yeah. off the street to play some like fairly disciplined, uh, uh, kind of on track, good hockey. Um, and this one, I think takes that to step for- further and it's like, okay, we've got a bunch of kids. They're supposed to be some of the best young kids at hockey in the nation this coach is molding them into a team that can really play and you know it's developing some pro prospects yeah i agree um i i i will say i i was not and this is once again the scale problem between these movies i was not sold on why the varsity team was so much better than iceland mm. yeah yeah there, there's there's literally no explanation as to what makes them so good. Well, like, yeah, I'm I mean, like Iceland was supposed to be the best of the best. It's it, it really is. It's it's the the Rocky Four to Rocky Five situation where you go from Ivan Drago, basically a Russian cyborg, and then the next wow. one is just oh, there's just another boxer. Yeah. I mean, the the implication I think is like, regardless of what they looked like, the Iceland team was supposed to be a bunch of middle schoolers as even though they looked like they were 35 years old they did not look like that they are supposed to be they're all supposed to be like middle schoolers and one of them was named gunner right this is uh and gunner did look at least in his 20s um this one is more now they're freshmen they're going up against seniors so they're going up against 
a lot a group of a lot of older uh dudes so uh, you know i i get the logic i think it would work better if the if the second movie had really you know stuck to the realism and, and maybe tried to stay grounded then maybe we wouldn't be in this position but <laughs> Yeah, no. you wrote Christopher Nolan, Mighty Ducks, where the score is yes. just quack, mm-hmm. <laughs> just holding that. Look, don't don't tempt me with a Hans Zimmer rendition of the Mighty Ducks. Didn't we talk about this? Probably. I feel like we've been here before. We probably have. <laughs> we've this this has all been in the last two weeks. I was gonna say it's been in the last twenty minutes. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I'm sick. Uh, I did want to talk about um. Uh, Britton, you brought up kind of the final moment with Gordon as he kind of walks out of the stadium. And I actually think that's kind of a perfect final moment for us to be left on with this character. I really, really like that. I like that as like, like he gives a very, very like reassured look as he starts turning and walking away of like, oh, these kids are going to be fine. And I helped get them mm-hmm. to this point and like i'm proud that they're now yeah. entering adulthood and like i'm i'm fulfilled I've, I've served my purpose i i really like that and like i said in this this goofy this 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 not a goofy movie but mm-hmm. this goofy goofy really dumb movie <laughs> in certain places like that is a surprisingly thoughtful way to end it i i think the moment doesn't bother me so much as just it feels kind of perfunctory in the way that it's presented and the way it is again sort of the way it's cut you know like i feel like there's some more like i think well like i think you're able to to infuse it with that from history with the movies and and all this but especially for some viewers it's all kind of like and that's the last shot (laughs) especially because and then it's not the last shot and we have the flashback shot yeah with with the weird sparkles uh which which would be perfectly fine without the sparkles (laughs) just get rid of that like it felt like Disney executives were watching the final cut of the movie and they're like, can we make this more exciting? <laughs> and then a young PA named Kevin Feige walked in and went, oh, it lights <laughs> up. I love it. <laughs> uh, there is a nice moment. Wait, we're going to ch- we're going to put in a cheap post-production effect to try and salvage this movie. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Don't talk about Groot that way. <laughs> talk about the character of Tyler what are you going to say um, there is a nice moment I, I like the through line of Charlie dealing with not being a captain throughout this where Orion's basically like no you're not a captain and sort of is trying to push him to take that leadership role sort of yeah. intrinsically um, and he, he gives him the captain patch back I think right before the game or during the game um, no it's right before the final play okay when yeah, it's, when yeah, you yeah realize yeah. oh it's three against five who's the yeah. interim captain are they just are they, they a team one. of Ronin? no they, they yeah pretty wandering much wandering yeah, orion just, just of... puts it on his on his forehead during matches right. like i am the captain now sure <laughs> just doomed to skate the devil's eyes without a master sure <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha no gods no masters gotcha. only ducks <laughs> 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 I love that game, Bioduck. <laughs> so good. Hey, do you guys think that? Um, because at the end of this movie, you see the the warrior again. The warrior flag is torn down, thrown. There's statues of coal being ripped down with cords, and and they're they're flying now the banner of the duck. Do you think this is what will incite Canard's rebellion? Yeah, and create the mighty duck. Because like I was like, this feels a little 
uh, draconic, or if I may, duconic. That mm-hmm. it's it just feels a, a little bit like no, you will you will fly our symbol now. The, uh, the very, rebellion is reborn today. It's very Orwellian. It's very Animal Farm. Very like we're not going to do things the same way. It's totally. What are you talking about? I'm not wearing clothes like you, and he is. You know, or like that. What, what, what we didn't see, and this was another scene that was cut purely for for time, um, where they behead the varsity team. <laughs> 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 Well, I, I did text you guys a picture of Cudlets in this. I said there's a chilling scene later where he, he says something crass to one of the, the team members and Fulton beats his head in with a base, yeah. with a with a hockey stick. So that's probably what happened. Yeah. He said, I will shut that shoot yeah, there's, down. There's the, the part where uh, Charlie has to uh, cut the rope to, to hang uh, our, our main jock enemy. Yeah. He's like... You'll be, you'll be shooting their pucks forever, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, and then that that shot that uh, Col- that that kid's like little sister sees it in the crowd and runs away to join the wall. Right. <laughs> Hans's last line, you can hear it faintly in the background. If you, if you really lean into your TV, he goes, "You're the puck now, duck." <laughs> <laughs> I want a shirt that says you're the puck now, duck. That's <laughs> just a but, picture of an old man. Look, you have to have the volume up to like a hundred. Like it's got to be breaking your eardrums and you got to be leaning in really hard. But I, uh, I promise you, if you do that, you will hear it. That's awesome. <laughs> if you watch the movie backwards, you can hear it. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like victory over varsity so much. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's riddled with that. <laughs> oh good goodness me tyler please tell me that's the description for this episode possibly i mean it's either that or it's it's no gods no masters only ducks <laughs> maybe both we'll we'll, we'll 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 workshop it sure sure between now and when the episode goes up <sighs> yeah i give the movie a c plus oh i'm going a little high on it i i think it's a fun time it's very silly still it's messy, but you know, we'll we'll adjust a bit for a kids movie, and and I think overall I, I had enjoyment with it. It's not nearly the first one. What, what did I give the previous movie, Alex? A C plus. I'll do the same. Yeah, let's go for it. Well, it's Christmas. <laughs> um, I Duck am going, Christmas. I am going to give it a C minus. All right, man. I thought you were the fan. I, I think it's got some really high highs, but as you guys have laid out, there's just a lot of just messy storytelling. Did you? It feels like 20 minutes are cut out of the movie. Did you give all of these movies the lowest grade of the three of us? Oh, did you? No, I gave D2 the middle grade, and then uh, Britton and I tied for lowest grade for the first film. (laughs) For years! (laughs) You have been... Begging, Nate. I think I actually gave all of them the highest. I could be wrong. (laughs) Maybe I gave the lowest one for D two. All the Christmas presents I got that came with a card that says Mighty Ducks. (laughs) I mean, I I enjoyed watching them again and discussing them. So I I think I won. I came out on top as an absolute win. That's so funny. (laughs) And I got to say, you're the puck now, Duck. There's there's no losing here. It all worked out for everyone. 
No, I actually, I, having never seen these movies, but having heard about them for so long from, you know, my, my contemporaries, mm. I, I'm glad that I watched them. I, I did have a fun time with them. We had, one of the reasons that I had pitched this or another franchise was that with the holidays, I was like, I kind of want us to do something just really light that even at, however we feel about it, however busy we are with the holidays, like we, we don't have to think, oh God, I've got to watch a two and a half hour like action movie. No, we can just watch a kid's hockey movie. Like I'm into that. And it always served that purpose for me. And it was, like I said, I, I, I don't think I found like new favorites. I'm not like, man, I can't wait to watch Mighty Ducks again. But like whenever I have kids, if they want to watch them, sure. What the heck? Come on. Yeah. But speaking of things, I'm going to show my kids and this, uh, will be a much more, um, uh, insisted upon. Um, my recommendation, I did, I have a movie that I have not watched yet, but I am probably going to end up recommending next week. If, uh, if it goes the way I think it will. Uh, but I, I'm not, uh, Avatar 2. Avatar 2, Avatar 2. Um, I, <laughs> I watched, uh, or rewatched because I do every year Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, um, which is a great little 56 minute special you can watch on HBO Max. This is from like the early days of Sesame Street. Like I want to say the seventies, like the late seventies or early eighties. Um, and the sort of main, like the A plot is that Big Bird doesn't get uh, freaked out because he, Oscar's like, hey, how do you think Santa Claus gets down all those chimneys in one night and that whole thing? And Big Bird's like, I don't know, how does he do it? That's how he talks. And he freaks out and has to figure out, you know, what's going on. But there's also just a lot of other, there's a Gift of the Magi sub uh, sub story. There's like Cookie Monster trying to contact Santa. And there's a lot of footage of various uh character like kermit and grover and them uh, interviewing kids which is always a highlight always adorable and very funny um and it's just it's a nice little time little christmas celebration with your sesame street pals um and there's a part where oscar the grouch 100 percent swears at big bird <laughs> for a long time while a train goes by it's hilarious um and there's a really nice ice skating scene at the beginning so it's like this movie uh, but the main reason I, I i watched it and want to recommend it is that uh, the great Bob McGrath, who was one of the original cast members of Sesame Street, my favorite as a kid and adult, just like, oh, two weeks ago, maybe passed away at 90. Um, amazing performer, just such a lovely presence to have in anything. And it was just really nice to see him. There's a really beautiful sequence where he hit him and he plays his Christmas song called Keep Christmas With You and his partner, Linda, they never qualify if they're like dating or married or whatever, but like. I'll say partner and she's a deaf woman and she's taught all these kids to sign as a that sign the song as like a Christmas surprise for Bob and it's just really sweet like there's no subtitles and she and Bob have a little exchange in sign language and there's this really tender shot of her just looking at him that you don't see that in movies like it really struck me that it's not like expository it's not it's not for any like narrative or thematic purpose it's just during this sequence as he's talking and the kids are doing the thing you just kind of get the shot of a person looking at a person they love. And that's such a tender, sweet thing that you just don't get. But you get it on Sesame Street. Um, so I really enjoyed it. It's 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 fun for kids and it's fun for me. And uh, like, like Sesame Street, it is genuinely sweet and genuinely funny. Um, so yeah, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street on HBO Max. Check it out. Y'all? Uh, I can't remember what I recommended last time if I had finished Band of Brothers at that point. Uh, but I, I've I've moved on to the newsroom. Oh yeah. I, right now I'm just at a weird spot uh, where I'm I'm 
I'm moving or, or I've, I've almost completed my move and I'm, I'm switching jobs. So I'm just like at a very semi-chaotic point in my life at the moment for the next several weeks and the, for the past several weeks. So I've just been watching stuff that's familiar and that I know I like. So Band of Brothers is great. Obviously, everyone thinks it's the greatest thing ever made and they're right. And the newsroom is quite good as well. Where, um, what, did you move to just, like, a different underwater wreckage, or are you at, like, Pompeii? Like, what's, did you go for, like, a more land? Haunting the sites of disasters? Yeah. See, see, I started at the front end of the Titanic, and then I realized, oh, the back end's where it's at. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's a great sentence you just said. <laughs> new, uh, new. <laughs> you want to run that back? <laughs> they got a, they well. got new... Some new developments going on down there. That is that is that where look, like you know they're really putting the tax money into. Yeah. Look, what do you think Jimmy Cameron's gonna do with his Avatar two <laughs> money? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put in a man cave in the sunken Titanic ruins for sure. Yeah. Just for I mean, me. Do we look, know he doesn't already have one there? Honestly, look, guys, guys, I, I made a deal with the devil a long time ago. The deal was as long as I watch Avatar one with him once a week, <laughs> every week. He lets me live down there for free in a crocodile sub, okay? Right, that's true. You, so you're still on the same sub, you just move the sub to the back of the Titanic. Because <clears throat> normally he'd be able to tell you, no, you can't go Yeah, the Titanic, it's mine. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I made it. What are the fish like back there? Are they different? Uh, you know, see, the problem is Jimmy's been, been hanging out with the fish there for a long time, so he's kind of rubbed off on them. Oh, God. You know, they... they they, they really like getting on their high horses about like, you know, the environment and and colonialism <laughs> and just like they've seen Avatar a lot. He just shows them Avatar and they think they know what they're talking For about. For a couple of minutes, I was like, all right, I'm into these fish. <laughs> we should we should hear him out. Yeah. Did I, did I mention he makes me watch Avatar once a week every week? That's your rent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because he figures that you'll eventually that you're that that will add up to the cost of Avatar two. Yeah, um, ha- and yeah. He, well, the best part is he keeps trying to explain it to me. He keeps trying to explain. I mean, it's it's cool to have like a director's commentary every once in a while, <laughs> sure. But he's literally explaining plot point by plot point. Like I don't Look, get this it. Is, see, see, he now he's an Avatar. That's now, true. now, <laughs> now. Uh, Matt Damon? No, that's not. Who did I put in this movie? He what? He's an avatar now. He keeps elbowing that's, that's, you and going, "That's Jake Sully." <laughs> Britain, that's that's the twist. All the fish are actually like, they're, they're just people that are huge fans of Avatar. Sure. And and James Cameron's like, look, I can't. You know, I know people have like Pandora blues, and I can't really get you there. You can't really go yeah. to Pandora. It's not a real place. But I do have an alternative. And they just become and so, so warped them by living fish. underwater. Their skin yeah, has become trap you in. <laughs> yeah, the name so, the name Andrew Ryan this, gets tossed around every once in a while. This, this bit had far more legs than I thought, <laughs> and more, certainly more than well, the fish. There's one yeah. fish that keeps swimming around, like, oh, here he comes, the big daddy, James Cameron. <laughs> you know, Paramount Pictures can do wonders for a man. I don't think they made this movie. No, but there's not a lot of P words that Britain remembers from that game. So, you know, one time I, I lost my 3D glasses because um, I, I I literally only have one pair. James Cameron, mm-hmm. like yeah. Jimmy, when when I, I have the comic in my head, um, he told me that if I ever lost them, he would 
he, he would uh, evict me. Um, and I lost them once, but I, I was able to that that week. I had to watch Avatar three times as penance. <laughs> That's why I went to the back of the sub. Yeah, or the, the <laughs> short. Tyler, do you have Where's, any recommendations? I have nothing to recommend. Uh... <laughs> Thank you for workshopping yeah. that fan fiction with me. By the way, <laughs> yeah. Do you do you live in like the uh, I don't know Dragon Age? You you doing Dragon Age stuff? Yes. Oh, cool. So it's kind of clunky, but neat. no further, no further comments. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear more of this, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com or on Twitter at sequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're on Spotify and uh, Sound... No, not SoundCloud. We used to be on SoundCloud. I do that every few weeks. I forget. Fine. Uh, it's fine. Especially when I'm sick or tired or one of the two. It's hard to tell. Um, I think we're all a little bit sick and tired right now, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, if you want to send memes to our email or our Twitter, I will describe the memes. You may find some of my past work on the, the episodes for the past few months. Uh, I would like to describe your memes. Please send them to me. Come on, guys. Should I just go to like iFunny right now? <laughs> yes. And just find all right. All right. I gotta I gotta give the people a taste. It's been too long. <laughs> uh, I, I really want to know the, what someone's aunt put on there. The Mighty Ducks memes are not. Let's yeah. let's check it out. <laughs> okay, well, there's a Minecraft music video. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh god. Um Alex, how you doing? <laughs> I still live in a house like a person, but you know, not as much exciting stuff going on with me. Libraries are cool. You know, sometimes it's 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 like it's like that that Beauty and the Beast type thing where it's like, does Bell have Stockholm syndrome? Should we be concerned about sure, this? Sure, sure. And then I just watch Avatar. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you don't you don't have to send me memes, but you can support your local library. I'll always uh, encourage that action. It's great. You can get books there and. Uh, maybe DVDs and audiobooks and Libby and Canva and probably some other stuff. Um, yeah. Social. Some libraries have social workers. Before I get too serious, just saying, libraries are a great, uh, great thing for and from the community. Look, it, we've been nothing but serious during this episode. Absolutely, absolutely. And next week is our big uh, Christmas episode. I'm excited about that. Uh, we got a we got a great movie cooking. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. And I'm excited for us to talk it and for you guys to hear it. Um, That's right, Britain. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> Catherine, if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed our, let's call it a discussion of these three Mighty Ducks movies. Um, and uh, Alex, do you have any shout outs you want to give to people you know or want to know? <laughs> call, <laughs> call out your crush. Shoot I'm, your shot. I'm, I'm going to. I'm I'm gonna call out everyone on the planet on, on the eve of Avatar: The Way of Water coming out. Don't watch it. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna be like Kim Cattrall. Get at me. <laughs> I don't really know um, your celebrity crushes, so I assumed Kim Cattrall. And it's gonna stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. If you want to see Avatar two, go, go see it and and. I'd be there for four hours, you know, whatever, free choice and all that. I can't stop you. I'm not going to watch it. You can watch it for me.
I'll watch it eventually, probably, when we do it for the podcast. But Tyler, you got any gold? I found a uh an article uh from I believe twenty fourteen. Good. Um the opening so the the title is I won't I won't we'll we'll skim through and I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna pick out what, what sticks out to me here. Um the article is titled These Twelve Viral Memes <laughs> from Face from Facebook will surely make you giggle. Oh no. Um the <laughs> opening is an image Wait, is this of, a twelve days of Christmas situation? No. Okay. Not at all. Uh the opening is a picture of Boromir uh that says one does not simply go viral on Facebook. <laughs> Good. Um and it says I love me some memes. Can't get enough of them. And yes, till last year, I pronounced the word Mimi. <laughs> what can I say? I'm almost 40 and no longer cool. Good for you, article writer. Um, anyway, I'm sure you've lolled at a few memes yourself over the years. So for a laugh, I spent the afternoon finding 12 top Facebook pages dedicated to posting memes. Uh, so prepare for some lols, maybe even a raffle or two. I um, don't... And then we're 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 off to a good start because we then have uh, several memes called Chuck Norris meme, oh, Zach Galifianakis meme, Will Ferrell meme, Bruce Lee meme, Adam Sandler meme, Family Guy meme. All of those are removed from Facebook. <laughs> they all say <laughs> this Facebook post is no longer available. Um, so that's good. Uh, okay, uh, our first our first meme that we have on here um, is a Jim Carrey meme. Jim Carrey making a, uh, I don't even know what I'm, okay, so it's, it's Jim Carrey, he's making a face, just a picture of Jim Carrey face, okay. and the, the, it is, it says, stop editing your pics, what if, what if you go missing, uh, how can we find you if you look like Beyonce on Facebook and Chewbacca in person? Yes, <laughs> the silence is <laughs> palpable. Uh, there's a there's a meme making fun of Peyton Manning using the Allstate fish guy, uh, holding the Super Bowl trophy. Uh, if I wasn't so sick before, I am sick now. Um, there's some some basketball memes. We're getting some sports memes. Um, and then there's one that says Star Wars meme. I'm not a Star Wars fan, but this meme is hilarious. I don't actually. So it it says stormtrooper selfie at the top in like classic meme block, right? We've got we've got two the top of two stormtrooper helmets. They're in the Death Star, one of the Death Star hallways. Okay. And the the bottom just says they miss yet another shot. Okay, so I get okay. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. So they they're bad. They're aiming the, the camera right, yeah, uh, too high because they're bad. Okay, sure, all right, yeah. all right. <laughs> back on it <laughs> i'm mad at it um yeah so i mean that's uh pretty good internet content i have to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my lord this is guys there are some know. comments this i cannot good. read uh on this family friendly podcast uh, okay <laughs> Man, I wasn't expecting iFunny to go PG-13 on us, but all right then. Well, this was just... I actually just searched meme on oh. the internet because oh. iFunny wasn't doing it for me, so... 
we did a good job here today, guys. <laughs> Release me from my mortal prison. I just hope all the Varsity podcasts know that we're coming for them. <laughs> Think they're so smart with their Letterman jackets and haircuts. If we if we win, <laughs> the Eagles die. Yeah, here and the pucks fly. Here comes my knuckle pod. Uh, oh yeah, that's better. Then the pods fly. There we go. Yeah. There we go. So we're we, done. We I'm, just, I'm done. I'm, I'm gone. Just, I'm just, <laughs> I, I can't do it anymore. I've uh, been Alex. I've been Tyler. And I've been Britain. <laughs> and you're having a mighty night. Quack.